welcome. Thank you so much for coming. You are more than welcome. And uh, yeah, it's it's a rainy, miserable day, but we are in the studio here. And what do you think of our our studio? It's very small. It is a bit small, isn't it? Yeah, very small, and all I can see is a blue guitar. Cozy <laughs> and with a blue guitar in the corner. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself or introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Mariana. I am a care leaver. I was in care for 10 years. Uh, quite a few people know me because sometimes I can be a bit of a troublemaker. Um, my favourite colour is blue and I have five siblings but I am the smartest. I like that. How do you know you're the smartest? Because they're very stupid. <laughs> so Hopefully they don't listen to this. Oh, they won't. They're just too busy. Unless they already know it. Oh, yeah, that's true. I do tell them on a regular basis. <laughs> and so you were kind of in care with Fairways how long ago? Uh, probably since I was 13, I think. Yeah, because I was moved to a care home when I was 13. So I think that was started with Fairways then, and then since then I've been with Fairways. And what were the kind of outstanding or or memorable moments? Do you have memorable moments, ones where you're like, I'm never going to forget this? Uh, I think it was more some of the support workers and staff I met. Some of them were just amazing and they were very accepting of who I am and how nerdy or weird I can be. I think that's always a good thing because some people, if you tell them you're a foster kid, they just judge you straight away. Where like the support workers, they would want to sit down and listen to you. That was just the most memorable thing, having someone there. To listen. Yeah, and also be nerdy with. Yeah. Yeah. So did you always know those things about yourself that you felt you were a bit different or a bit nerdy? And did you always know those things about yourself as growing up? Yeah, I always knew, like, since school. I think mainly when I first came into care, that's when I started feeling, like, really different because I was bullied a lot because of it. Um, But gradually over time, I'm more like I don't care what people think anymore. I'm going to be who I am. And if they don't like it, they can go somewhere else. I guess what would you say to young people who are going through that experience at the moment? Maybe they're in care and they're being bullied. Just don't listen to people. Like, I know it's when you're in that time, you're not going to listen to anybody. You're going to think, you know, you don't understand. This is tough. But I do. And... It is hard, but you're going to feel better just to ignore it. Even though you're going to feel like it's wrong, it's what you need to do. Because if you don't ignore it, you're going to make it a lot worse. Mm. And you just need to remember that you are different, but in a good way. Don't let anybody make you feel worthless. Because it's just... People make you feel bad because they're feeling rubbish. And they've got nobody to take it out on, only you because you're there. But don't let their, them being, you know, sad ruin your life. Mm. Have you got role models? 
people you look up to? Uh, some people, like some of the support workers I've had, some of them are just as nerdy or weird as I am and they don't care and I think that's, that's good. Like, if they don't care, then why should I care? You know, seeing other people go through the same thing and what they have achieved makes me want to do the same. I think everybody who are in care is going to be tough, but just know eventually you'll get there. My hope is to let other people know that being in care is tough and for them to know that it's okay if you want to cry. You know, don't worry about people seeing you cry because crying is your way of getting your emotions out. And it's just, yeah, I just want to have other foster kids know that things aren't always as bad as they seem. When you're in it, does it feel like it's this is just going to be forever? Did you have like a perspective of like life outside of care? Yeah, like, I've been in several homes and most of them weren't the greatest. I had some people I lived with that were quite verbally abusive um, and sometimes they'd throw things at my door uh, and they would, you know, try and make you feel worthless. And yeah, you do think that this is going to be your life and that you aren't worth anything else. You feel like you're... You feel like you're just going to fail at everything. And sometimes you just want to give up. But you need to push past it. There are multiple times where I gave up. But then someone smart came along and told me, you know, life isn't always going to be rainbows and daisies. Sometimes you're going to have rainy days, but you just need to remember that you're smart and you're clever and that nobody can destroy who you are. It's important for you to know that, you know, there's going to be someone there who wants to listen to your story and that, you know, life sucks. <laughs> but, you know, it's up to you to make it better. How do you decide good influences from bad influences? Um, well, I'm a bit of a loner, I'm not going to lie. I really struggled since secondary school to make friends. Um, I was in a history class and they asked us to make a family tree and I blurted out which one, my real one or my foster one and everybody found out and since year seven of secondary school, I was bullied, I was punched, I was pushed, I was called names. And you know, those aren't the people you're gonna want to make friends with. And I always felt alone since then, until I started college. I always thought, you know, college I was gonna be alone. But I found people who were just as weird as I am, and that, you know, they accepted me for who I am. They didn't care of my story or my background. They just cared that I was a good person and that I wasn't 
somebody who was going to dictate somebody's life or change them. You just need to make sure you find some friends who aren't going to manipulate you or try and push you into something that you're not ready for. And if you're ever in that situation, don't feel afraid to say no. Just because they are willing to do something stupid doesn't mean you need to do it too. You know, you've got your own voice, your own opinions, and your own choice. Just say no if you don't want to do something. Like, it's up to you to choose your friends. If that's the way you want to live your life, then do it. But if you want to change your life and change people's opinions about foster kids, then make sure, you know, you choose decent friends who are going to be there for you in the long haul not friends who are just going to use you until they get bored. 100%. Do you have, like, regrets? Um, things that you wish you could have done differently in your... especially that care journey of, like, the teenage years and, you know, growing into that? Um, yeah and no. Mainly no on some part of it because I feel like if I haven't gone through what I've gone through, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be the stronger person I am now. Like, it sounds stupid, but everything you go through is somewhat for a reason. It makes you a stronger person, and it makes you realise that your life is worth a lot more than what people say. Yeah, there are some moments where I wished I didn't, you know, kick off, and I gave some placements a bit of time maybe trusted them a bit more. But the main important thing is that you need to trust yourself in that if you don't feel safe in a situation or in a home, just tell your social worker. Like, it's your life. You choose who you want to live with. Yeah, that might not seem an option, but for me, I just kept saying I want to move until they moved me. If I didn't feel safe, then I wasn't going to stay there. Don't just feel like you've been put in a place because you've got nowhere else to go. You have. It's the social workers' people who need to choose a decent place for you to go. Don't let them dictate who you think you belong to. It's your choice. How did you decide when, okay, this is just a disagreement, but the relationship is still worth something, or actually it's time to move on. Because sometimes it's worth fighting for relationships, right? And you just have disagreements. It is. On some places, we've had big rows, and straight away I've gone, that's it, I want to go. Even just after one argument, I'm like, I can't do this. But I think that's more or less me feeling very insecure about places. And with me, you only get one chance to make me feel safe. And if that's gone, then we're done. And it's just important to know that, yeah, sometimes you're going to argue, but sometimes it mainly is for your benefit. Some arguments are because people care. They want you to feel safe and they want you to know that they're there but sometimes they can't also express their feelings to you of how they feel because they don't want to show it 
it's difficult to know really what arguments is for love and which arguments just out of aggression. But I think it's more of a gut feeling with me. I think I just knew when somebody wasn't right for me. And it, also you can know someone's position if they start swearing at you and calling your names, then you know you've got problems. But it's mainly a gut feeling when you know something is not right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, because there might be some young people, some a young person listening, and they really resonate with what you're saying. So thanks for sharing that, because that could be someone's situation right now. Yeah. You know. And sometimes you can hear your foster carer on the phone to people. I've had that before, where they're on the friend on the phone to their friend, and they would tell you, they would tell their friend your whole life story. And sometimes for me, that's enough. You don't share my story with somebody else. It's not your story to tell. It's mine. And I think it's just, as I said, it's just your instincts in your gut. If you don't feel safe or if you don't feel like this is the home for you, then you need to tell somebody. Mm. Don't feel like you need to settle for second best. You don't. You're the important person in this scenario. Nobody else is your life. Don't let anybody else, you know, dictate it or rule it. You do what you want to do. What are the things that you would love to see happening for other young people that are currently in care today? Uh, I think I would... If I was younger and I could go back, I think I would want more groups of like foster kids meeting together like I know that happens now but I think more of that would be more beneficial just so you can meet up with somebody that has been through a similar situation and say I'm really struggling I need somebody that knows how I'm feeling and I think more or less social workers need to try and spend more time with the young people because I feel like quite often the social worker will come and go 10 minute meeting just to do their paperwork and then go but if you want a relationship to get to know the young person that you know you're holding their life in your hands they need to spend time with them I've had multiple foster carers that sometimes they weren't in it for the right reasons whoever is in charge of you know getting these homes to be a home they need to ensure that they're doing it for the right reasons and maybe let the foster kids also choose who is entitled to look after them because the only person that are going to ask the right questions are the foster kids who are going to live in them that's what I would say that should happen you know, we've um, started a children's panel in fostering. So what happens is um, the, social, the assessing social worker goes in, they assess the carers and get to know them. And before they go to the panel to be approved, they go to um, our children's and young people's panel now. So we actually have uh, Zoom meetings with, like, three young people 
they prepare a few questions and then they give their feedback. They can either write their own feedback or they say their feedback about the carers, about any concerns they have, about how they felt that interview went. And it's been really, it's been a great thing to do, actually. Um, so great minds think alike. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a, that's a really great suggestion. And there are probably other things as well that we could be doing and should be doing that would voice and empower young people to really have their say as well. Because as yeah, you said, it is, it's their it's, life. It is their life. And whatever decision that you make on behalf of that child, you need to make sure that you've spoken to that child. Because you could do one thing that could ruin that child's life. You might not think it would, but it can set back a child so much so you need to ensure that you get to know that child mm. and that you understand that this is how they're feeling and if they're telling you that they don't feel safe you need to listen don't just think right they're kicking off or they're just wanting attention don't ever say that kids are just doing it for attention they're not they're doing it because there's no other way of, for anybody to notice that they're struggling. They're not doing it because they're, oh, look at me, look at me, I want somebody to spend time with me. They don't have, they struggle to tell somebody how they're feeling. So that's their way of showing people that they need help. And I think sometimes people misread the situation so much that you know, it's not going to be easy for a foster child to say all their emotions at once. Because for me, I don't like telling people how I feel because there have been times where I've told people how I feel and they just laugh at my face or they disrespect it and then that's the trust gone. But if a child is telling you how they feel, don't laugh, don't think that they're doing it for attention. That's their way of telling you how they feel and that their emotions are something that's so important to a child. Tell us about post-16, tell us about that transition into what the system would call adulthood it is definitely scary like a hundred percent because before post 16 i was i think i was in a family i was in like a family foster care environment and then going from there to post 16 was so different like luckily for me during one of my foster families i would have uh, support workers that would come take me out for a few hours a day and then that's where i met one of my support workers who actually was the manager of the post 16 that i was in so i actually kind of felt somewhat safe knowing that i already know that one person and um Luckily for me, I also met the other young person I lived with as well because 
during one of my times at the foster family, I actually went to go visit another post-16 to see if that's something that I would be interested in. And I wasn't 100% sure, but something happened and then I ended up moving anyway. So I moved to a different post-16 from what I saw. And I actually saw the young person that I met in the last one. So I kind of felt... I felt comfortable that I already knew two people and I felt, you know what, this could be good. Like, this could help. Um, but it was very strange. Like, going from having somebody doing stuff for you to going to something where you've got to do it on your own, it is so tough. Like, I learned how to cook an egg <laughs> and I'd never done that before. <laughs> and it was so weird, like... You know, you weren't left to your own devices. If you needed help to cook, they would show you how to do it. Um, and they would teach you. And if you needed to go somewhere, they would help you. And during my post-16, that's where I got my first volunteering job in a charity shop. Which was quite a big step for me because I would never do that. I don't like going out of my comfort zone. But there... The support workers that worked there, they would walk me from the home to the charity shop, leave me and come back and collect me and going back. So that helped me that I knew I wasn't going to be left alone. They would support me every step of the way. Um, there was one time where I I used chocolate as like a coping mechanism. and I think so. I think quite a lot of us do. Yeah, and plus it tastes great. Um, but there was one time where I was feeling rubbish and I needed some chocolate and one of the support workers was there and I said, can you go with me? And she was like, no, I'm busy. And I got really annoyed and angry. I was really craving chocolate. And I was like, fine, I'm going on my own. I don't need you. I was annoyed at her. So I just walked out of the house and I went to the shop, came back in and she was standing at the bottom of the stairs and went, oh my God. I was like, what? She went, you went out on your own. I was like, yeah, well, you didn't go with me, so I had no choice. But for me, I was annoyed at that moment, but I knew it was something I needed. Yeah. And... When the other support workers heard about it, they were like, you know, congratulations, well done. And I actually felt so proud. Wow. That, yeah, it was a little step, but it was a big step. Yeah. You know, I went out on my own and it, it felt great. I enjoyed it. And like, when I was in the post-16, we actually moved house which was also quite weird for me because when I've moved, I've moved to a different family. Where in this place, I actually moved with the people I lived with. How cool. Which was great, but it felt so weird. Like, I've never been in that position before where I moved with somebody. So it was a whole new experience, but I was glad that I didn't leave them. You know, I enjoyed... And I was so grateful that I was put there. Like, the staff were just amazing. And I still talk to them now. I meet up with them every now and then. I call them. 
Sometimes they'll call me if they're feeling, you know, they've missed me too much, but you know, I'm amazing. <laughs> Everyone's gonna miss me. Um, but like, I learned how to cook properly. I actually learned again how to make tiffin, <laughs> which obviously you've tried and everybody loves. So good. Um, so good. So every now and then when I meet up with them, they're like, oh, can you make some tiffin? Can you bring it? And I'm like, okay. And then sometimes, you know, because they also work in a post-16, they would have to cancel last minute. So it means I've got a whole tub of tiffin to eat to myself. Which, oh, you know, shame. Oh, yeah. no. What are you going to do with that? Such a disaster. <laughs> um, but it's, it's great. Like, during one of my... Um, foster care I was supposed to go to college um, but I moved away so I couldn't go to that college so I had a whole year without going to college so basically I missed the year of education which obviously you know it's not always the end of the world it was quite fun but it was important I needed that um, it's a stepping stone isn't it it's yeah it's important but luckily when I moved with the post 16 I also managed to move to the same charity shop company but obviously closer to where I lived um, but I'd have to get the bus so yet again the staff supported me they got on the bus with me uh, took me there they got the bus back you know they took it step by step with me mm. until one day I was like do you know what I'm gonna go on my own I can do it so I wow, did yeah wicked um, so they helped me quite a lot. Uh, I also started to get the train on my own, which I never, ever thought I would do, because trains creep me out. I always managed to get on a train cart with loads of weirdos, like <laughs> seriously <laughs> drunk weirdos. Oh no. Um, but you know, like sometimes when I'd have family contact, um, one of the support workers would come with me, they'll go on the train, we'll get the train all the way to Basingstoke and all the way back into Milton. That meant a lot to me that they would do that with yeah. me. You know, they wouldn't just leave me on my own where some people would. Yeah. So it's luck I was lucky to get a place like that. Um, and then I started, I applied for college to do childcare. And then next thing I know, I was enrolled to college and now I have friends. So for somebody who's alone, I seem to have friends now, which is nice, but I know that mm. I couldn't have done it without the support workers and the people that I lived with. Mm. I must admit, it wasn't always great. Like, sometimes me and the other young people that were there, we would have fallouts, we'd have arguments. You know, things weren't always great, but you know, it's those moments that are also going to help you progress. Do you think sometimes, like, the care experience can be so big in someone's life that, that it just defines the rest of their lives? Do you think that that could happen Yeah. to you, anyone? Do you think that... that... It can happen to anybody. Mm. But, you know, if you tell somebody that you're a foster kid, they go, well, I can't talk to you. You know, you're a troubled person, you're 
abusive, you're mean, you're horrible. They think that just because you're a foster kid, you're the one that's done the wrong. Mm. That's not the case. Whether you've come from loving families that just couldn't cope anymore or abusive backgrounds or anything, the most important thing is that you know it's not your fault. Whatever happened ain't your fault. But people who are foster kids tend to get bullied or looked at funny because they are in care. And it's just a shame that there is that the whole stereotype. But, you know, we're trying to change that, especially like with this whole podcast and stuff. It allows other foster kids and young people to know that it ain't. You know, foster care is what it is. But it's sometimes it's for the good, you know, it helps you. And sometimes it even helps you get prepared to maybe meet back with your family. Like it has with me, like me and my siblings were never close. But now we've gotten closer and I've even managed to reconnect with my dad after like 10 years and stuff like that. So just, you know, if people look at you funny, just ignore them. They don't know what it's like and they don't know how it's going to change you. You think it's this whole big thing that's just destroying your life, which, you know, it can be at times, but it's also something that's going to shape you into the person that you're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Whether you choose... To accept it or not, mm-hmm. it's going to change you one way or another. And it's up to you to choose whether you want it to be a good thing or a bad thing. And how are you changed by it? I think I'm more accepting the fact that I have gone through what I've gone through. And, you know, it was tough. But if I can get through that, then I'm sure I can get through other stuff as well. Like, nothing can really break me now. And the fact that I've learnt more independence, how to slowly trust people, and the fact that I now have friends, which, you know, doesn't sound like the world's biggest thing, but to me it is. It was, and it is, yeah. Yeah, and it's, you know, I'm slowly beginning to feel good about who I am as a person as I said earlier I still have bad days but you know it's I just feel great Mm. you know it's helped me through a lot like sometimes you'd still remember your past and that this has happened but you know it just makes you a better person and you know you can say to somebody you know I know how you feel because that's the one thing that annoyed me quite a lot is when you'd get people that say I understand that don't that's what annoyed me a lot um but I do I've been there it sucks but it's just gonna get better might not seem like it but behind the scenes without you knowing it actually does it shapes you to be a better person in that I am more caring of other people 
I want to help other people understand that like sometimes when I have some other foster people I know they would call me and say you know what Maz I'm really struggling can we talk can we meet and I'm like yeah of course we can mm. you know that I just want to be there for people who who need it sometimes you don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't understand and you just need somebody that has been there that knows the situation mm. and you know it's important what are you most proud of myself I think the fact that I've gotten through it mm. not always but I've done it I've gotten through the times where I thought do you know what I don't want to be here no more and the times that I have attempted but didn't go through because I just couldn't and the fact that you know I'm just a better person now and that I feel like what happens is somewhat for a reason I just I don't know I feel like more appreciative of life like I try not to take it for granted anymore and when I see people having a bad day, I'll try and make them happy, you know? As I said, you're supposed to have bad days, but if I can make it better, I will. I'll try. I'm just proud of myself, really. Sounds cheesy, and other not kids are going to be like, I'm never going to be like that, but you will. <laughs> Definitely. It's not cheesy at all. Because the one thing I struggle with is when people compliment me. Mm. Like, that annoys me. Because mm. I sometimes feel like, yeah, but I don't need that. I don't deserve that. But, you know, it's just something that one day you're just going to wake up and think, you know what, I'm proud of myself, I feel good. And those are the days that you need to cherish mm. more than any. How do you express yourself? How, what ways do you think? you use to express who you are and yourself? I don't really know. I enjoy singing. Yeah. Like, sometimes if I'm really sad, I'll sing a sad song. Yeah. Like, I remember when I was in the post-16, I would have a happy playlist and a sad playlist. <laughs> so... So everyone knows how you're feeling. Yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> sometimes when, you're the podcast. <laughs> when I'd play the music, the stuff would come down. And I must admit, sometimes... I would play it loudly because I want somebody to know without me actually saying anything. And then the fact that they could hear it and they would come down and say, you're all right. Mm. You know, that's the important thing. But I've learned how to cope with stuff. Like, as I said to you, I've started drawing, mm. which is not the best at, but getting there. They're amazing. They're beautiful. We're going to do some of the artwork on your yeah podcast. Um, but it's just... I don't know. You write poetry as well, don't you? Yeah. So you're a creative one. I don't know how <laughs> or where I've got it from, but I would always say... But it's in you. Yeah. I'd always say that I'm not that good. I'd always try and put myself down. Yeah. But deep down, I know I've done a good job. Yeah. But I think sometimes when you know you've done good, you still want to hide that away because you don't always want to show yeah. everything. But, you know, it's 
You're allowed to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to show everybody your cards. The ones that you hold closest are the ones for those that you trust the most. And it's just important to know, as I'm going to keep saying, that you're not alone. You'll never be alone. And just don't ever let anybody make you feel rubbish. You know, you are normal. Everybody has bad days. Everybody has good days. Everybody has a past. Whether it's good or bad. You know, you are who you are. Don't change for anybody. Just respect yourself, mainly. Mm. Respecting yourself is a huge thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Huge. And it's easier said than done. Oh, definitely. Like me, I don't always respect myself. But as you say, how can you expect people to respect you if you can't do it yourself? Mm -hmm. And obviously that's just sometimes things that you're going to have to work through. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's difficult. But you will get there. Yeah. And I know right now there are probably people sat doing whatever they're doing thinking, this girl's lying. <laughs> but I ain't. I promise you I'm not lying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not lying. Yeah. I've been through it all. I've got the battle scars. I've got the emotional scars. You know, those, those scars aren't going away. They're there. You know they're there. But you need to try to use them as like a positive to say you know what this has happened but I'm going to use it to help other people mm -hmm. help them understand that there are kids that are going through this and that foster care isn't this whole you know secret club full of gangsters or hippies or whatever they are but whatever the stereotype is yeah, at the moment you can't yeah. judge people yeah. and it's just yeah. wrong thank you so much for sharing all of that that's all right you're more than welcome i just hope that you know foster kids and young people find this helpful yeah you know please don't think i'm telling you a bunch of lies because yeah. you know I've been through it. I know it sucks a lot. But does it all suck? Does it all suck? Most of it sucks. But you've got to find a way that it doesn't suck. It depends on who you've got mm -hmm. supporting you, who your friends are. You know, it's going back to that conversation of choosing the right people. If you've got the right people, it's not going to suck you've got that support it only sucks if you want it to suck mm. yeah. and i said suck a lot so. <laughs> yeah. um, so we will stop saying that word yeah. now but um to end with is there like a phrase or advice or just your favorite saying something that you tell yourself a lot just keep going you know, it's it's hard, but you'll get it. Just keep going. Yeah, it's like, you know, one of those... It's like Dory, just keep swimming. Yeah. Apart from going. Or one of those rainbows where, you know, you get to the other end, but without the gold you've got, you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just find somebody that really cares and that really wants to listen to you. Mm -hmm.
but mainly just know you're not alone. And if you ever feel rubbish, just get some chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> that's all, that's all we I end can say. with the chocolate. Yeah. Thank you so much for speaking with us, for telling us stories, your experience, giving advice to foster carers, young people, social workers, support staff. You've been amazing and I'm certain that people who listen to this will um, just be really encouraged by what you've shared today. So thank you. You're welcome. If you ever need me, you know where I am. (laughs) 